0: Uh, sometimes the uh, PowerPoint doesn't cooperate, but but we'll have it on the screen and we can com- compare the two. It'll be a bigger challenge for you at home. Uh, but you can do this. And it's important for us to see that God's Word is consistent. God doesn't throw something in and then everything else is different. And, uh, you know, every book that's supposedly uh, written... The books that are uh, supposed to be left out of the Bible, maybe you've heard about them. Oh, this book got left out of the Bible. Well, it got left out on purpose because it wasn't consistent with what the Scripture says. There have always been people trying to sneak falsehoods in. And so they add to the Word of God, and God said, you don't add to this book. So, uh, we're going to look in Ephesians chapter 5. And this letter was written to be uh, distributed around an area. And in some of the earliest manuscripts, it doesn't say Ephesians. It says nothing. (laughs) This letter went out to groups of people. And like, so they wrote on the Ephesians and sent one there. And they wrote on Laodicea and sent one there. And so it was a letter written by the Apostle Paul to churches in different areas to speak God's truth into their lives as they were growing and developing as a church and just getting started. So Ephesians chapter 5 We're going to look at a few verses, and then we'll turn over to Colossians chapter 3 and look at a few verses, and then we're going to compare the two and learn from them, okay? Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 15, see then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not be drunk with wine which is dissipation but be filled with the spirit. Have you ever seen somebody who was really drunk and and they can't control themselves. They they you know I remember the first time I saw it when I was a kid and I was laughing at this guy cuz he tried 3 times to step up a curb and couldn't do it and he fell down and and I was laughing and my dad said, "That's not funny. He's destroying his mind and his body and And he could fall in front of a car and get killed and he wouldn't know any better. And so the same way that a person who's really drunk can't control their body, he wants now believers to be controlled by the Holy Spirit, be filled with the Spirit. You don't get more of the Holy Spirit, but the Holy Spirit gets more of you. Then he goes on in verse 19, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another in the fear of God. Now, in this book, he goes on, in, in chapter 5, he writes about wives and husbands and their relationships, and chapter 6, he writes about children and parents and uh, particularly fathers, and then he writes about servants and, and those who are the manager or leader or, uh, in that day, owner of the servants, and he ties it all into the Christian faith. All right, now let's turn over to Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3, and we're going to look at a few verses here. And as you're turning there, let me say that the verses that follow this also talk about the Christian home, husbands and wives and kids. It talks about uh, masters and bond servants, and it, it connects all of this together. So, it, it, excuse me. Colossians chapter 3 and verse 15, Colossians 3, 15, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord, and whatever you do. In word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. All right, now on the screen here, I don't know if this will show up for those of you on Facebook, but on the screen here, now we're going to look and we're going to look at these two passages side by side. And uh, in a minute, we're going to look at some points and then we're going to highlight certain parts of this so that we can see... This was a teaching that God had for churches in Ephesus and Laodicea and that general area and for the church in Colossae. And it was was significantly similar teaching, but there's a specific difference that we'll look at today that hopefully will mean a lot to you, that'll help you connect something in your head and in your heart. Okay? So the first thing that we're going to see is that faith grows as you worship, the Lord with others. Your faith grows as you worship the Lord with others. Can you do it on your own? Yes, people have had to. They've been locked in prison cells and, and they've spent time alone. But the ideal way we live our faith is shared with others. So let's look at these passages and see how we find that in both, okay? In Ephesians 5, verse 19, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing, making melody in your heart to the Lord. Okay, now you see what's highlighted in Colossians 3. Let's read it together. Can you do that? Okay teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Do you see a connection between the two? Aren't they similar? This is what one of the things we're supposed to be doing. So your faith grows as you worship the Lord with others you learn to depend on God and His people. So if you're there at home watching on Facebook or later on our YouTube channel, then then you're not able to be here. You're not connecting with us here. So this is something you got to work out more. If you're not able to be here and interact with people, then you're going to miss out on that opportunity to do this in a very easy way. This morning I've talked to uh, Tim, and I've talked to Alice, and I've talked to Dennis, and I've talked to Lynn and to Pat, and I tried to avoid Kathy, but she caught me anyway. Um, and I've talked to... Uh, Richard. And see, this is how we connect with people. We interact with them. We talk with them. We encourage them. And just by gathering here together, it it lifts your spirit. I don't know about you, but during those times when we absolutely could not meet together, it drove me crazy. I mean, I had the blessing of not living alone, but I was sitting on I think in my recliner chair or on the couch. And so Megan was there and her girls were there and Kathy was there and, and, and we'd all dress up and we'd stand and sing when it was the singing time. And, and, but it, it wasn't the same and it's so good. I remember the first time I could see people, you know, I hadn't seen anybody for a while and I got to see people and I'm like, hi, you know, and, and I'm a handshaker and a hugger and, and, you know, I don't like the waving at people, but that's what I need to do for now. Right? And, and hopefully it'll change. But salvation is one-on-one. One-on-one. You with Christ. Salvation is you receive Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. But serving God and following Christ is always in relationship with others. In fact, the Bible says in places that I can't be right with God unless I'm showing His love to other people. Then then I'm just not. In fact, Jesus said the first commandment, love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, your strength. The second is just like it, love your neighbor as yourself. And even qualified, who's your neighbor? (laughs) The person you're neighborly toward. That's who's your neighbor. So we're all part of the body of Christ. We're all fully connected to him and to each other. And and we have an obligation to intentionally connect. So if you're at home and unable to gather with us here, then you need to be making phone calls or uh, getting on your, your, what's your Google one? Your Google. Google Duo, so you can talk with people. Or if you're on uh, uh, Apple, you can get on your Apple FaceTime. And, or you can get on Facebook and talk with people. Or Zoom, make phone calls. You can even mail a card. I know, gasp. Do we really do that kind of thing? It's fun to receive a card. It, you can still do that. But you need to be connecting and encouraging others. Tim, can we back that up one? I want to show those verses again. It says, speaking to one another. And then on the other side, teaching and admonishing one another. This is an obligation that we have to intentionally connect with people on purpose because your faith grows as you worship the Lord with others. We are The family of God. There's a phrase they use in organizations that work with foster kids. Maybe you'll see an ad on TV. They used to do Wednesday's Child on the news. And this kid is looking for a forever family. A family they'll be connected to for the rest of their lives. Well, in Christ, we are a forever family. We are forever connected with one another through Christ for all eternity, not just for our life on earth. And so those of us who know Christ as our Savior, we have this opportunity to grow and worship and serve the Lord with other people. And it's important for you to connect with other people. If you can't do it in person, find some other way to do it. This is how we honor God. Secondly, the primary way that you follow the Holy Spirit and learn the will of God is by reading and learning the Scripture. You know, I sort of mentioned, there's a guy who wrote some books, and they were entertaining books, but not very biblical, and one part of the book, there's this guy who's never walked with the Lord, not followed the Lord for years and years and years. He kind of made a motion toward the Lord when he was a kid, didn't do anything else for all these years, and now suddenly the Holy Spirit's guiding him, and he's a prophet for God. You know, most of the time in Scripture, the people that were called by God to be prophets had an established public relationship of following God. And now we have a benefit that the Old Testament prophets didn't even have. We have additional revelation from God's Word. And Peter said, the Holy Spirit of God spake these words as people wrote them down, as they were led by the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit spoke God's Word, and they recorded it for us. This is a God-breathed book. It's written by inspiration of God. This is not just a Bible. Most of your Bibles, if they say something, say holy Bible. Well, it actually is a holy Bible, but it's only holy when you make it holy. Holy when you make it part of your life and you set it aside as a sacred book that you learn and study and grow. But the primary way the Holy Spirit leads us is through His Word. Now, I want you to see the contrast in these two passages of Scripture. Okay? In Ephesians 5, it says, Be filled with the Spirit. And then it gives the instruction. And then in Colossians three it says, "Let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom and then he gives the same set of instructions, and remember they go on and they talk about fathers and husbands and wives and fathers and kids and and all of that, and workers and uh, bosses and employees, and gives all kinds of that instruction, but it begins here and In Ephesians, it says, be filled with the Spirit. And in Colossians, it says, let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly. And and I think they're the same command. You're filled with the Spirit as you're filled with the Word the Spirit gave us. The more you learn the Bible, apply the Bible into your life, the more the Spirit has control over your life and can guide you. Now, there's some verses that are really, really fun. Really fun to learn that verse and do it, right? Like kids, that verse about children obey your parents. That is so cool, isn't it? Don't you just love it? I I bet Jerry wakes up in the morning and says, Today I get to obey mom and dad. Yes! Something like that, huh, Jerry? He's nodding his head yes. He's lying in church. Now listen, it's not always fun to obey God, but it's always important. And as we learn his word, his spirit speaks into our lives. I've shared before, uh, there was a time when I was, you know, I was a young Marine and I was gungy is what they called the Marine Corps. That means guys that are really, really, really into the Marine Corps. And, And I was a warrior and I was a fighter and I was proud of it. And I remember going into pugil stick battles and I was the only one who beat the instructor. And I was like holding up my pugil stick and his because I'd taken it away and going, you know, I was just, I was uh, enraged and, and loving that. And then I was reading my Bible. And in my Bible, there's a verse and I right now can't think of, where it was, but it said, envy not the oppressor, seek none of his ways. And then there's twice in the book of Proverbs where it says, the man who rules his spirit is greater than the one that can take on a city. And at one time when I was 19 and insanely strong and working out all the time, and fighting fairly regularly, I I once had a fight with 20 guys in one. And God didn't care. God was not impressed. I wasn't controlling my spirit. And that's what impresses God. And so as I read God's Word, it changed me. I'm not the same person now. I would not want to get in a fight. most of the time. <laughs> no, but I really wouldn't want to. I would not enjoy it. It's, it's painful. It's, and, and I love loving people. I never thought I'd get there, but God's Word helped change my life. And the Spirit used it, but it was the written Word of God that spoke to me where I live, and the Holy Spirit then used that to make me into a different person. If, if I were the same person I am now at 18 years old applying to get in the Marine Corps, they wouldn't have taken me because it's a different personality they're looking for. And I don't have it anymore. Praise the Lord, right, babe? <laughs> Praise the Lord. She had to live through a year and a half of that. But, but listen, God is good, and God changes us through His Word, through the Spirit, And through his word. You cannot follow the Holy Spirit if you are neglecting the Word of God. I'm gonna say that again because I didn't hear any amens. All right, ready? You cannot follow the Holy Spirit if you are neglecting the Word of God. That's the truth. You can't, and so kids, you can say, you know, I'm not too bad, I'm a pretty good kid. I never could say that when I was a kid, but maybe you could say that. Kathy could have said that when she was young. I'm not too bad. I'm a pretty good kid. That's not good enough. God wants your heart to be transformed by His Word and by His Spirit. He wants you to grow and mature and follow Him. The Bible is His book, inspired by God. And to be honest with you, I love reading. I really do. I love reading quite often. I'll, I'll put to things in a family box or thing. And I'll tip you know, little quotes from books that I've read. Or, and, and I enjoy it. I like to learn and grow. And and there's a lot of books that I have found inspiring. That help me, encourage me, and guide me. But there's only one book that's inspired. This isn't just an inspiring book. It's inspired by God. God spoke, and we get to hear it. The words that he used 6,000 years ago, we can read them right here. God has spoken, and it's good for you to spend time in God's Word every day. This morning while I was walking, I was listening to a podcast of another Bible teacher, and he uh, showed a a time, and and he modeled for his people, and he, he got his Bible and his cup of coffee, which, you know, I can't do, but... I can do the Bible part, not the coffee part. And, and he went and sat in a chair and he showed him how he'd read a passage of scripture and then he'd think about it and then he'd read that same passage and think about it and then he'd write some notes down and he made one note down and he said, I need to study that more. And then he never came back and said what it meant what, from his study. But he was just guiding them through the process of doing a devotion. Now, he recommends, and a lot of other people have, you do this first thing in the morning. The first thing you do. Now I know Tim Pennick and I've talked about it. Tim is a late night guy. First thing in the morning, Tim can get his clothes on, and it's a good morning, you know. Uh, but but later at night, his mind's going full blast, and so he does some serious Bible study around midnight some nights. I can't do that. I've reversed. That's how I was as a kid, but uh, I'm not that way now. It, my early morning, some of my better time. And uh, I walk early in the morning because it gets really hot if you're not out there early. And uh, so that's ju- usually I'm out walking and listening to audiobooks or podcasts while I'm walking. But find some time that works for you. Uh, sometimes Kathy does her devotion first, sometimes she does some of her exercise first, but it's always in this time period. You can shuffle those things, but but have a pattern. I knew a couple, they got up every morning, and they they were both retired so they could do this, and every morning they got up and, and they sat down and they had their breakfast together and then they prayed together and then they read scripture together and then they sang a hymn together. And that helped them follow the Lord. But you have to do what works for you. But you can't neglect it. If you neglect this book, the Holy Spirit's not going to be guiding you. You cannot follow the Holy Spirit if you're neglecting the written word of God. That's why we have a book. It's important. You say, well, we only have a book because that's all people could do in that day. Come on. We're talking about God here. God could have given us a video, couldn't He? He could have. I mean, there were times prophets had certain visions, right? He could have given us a vision of the whole thing. He chose to put it in a book because it was important to have it in a book so that we could read it over and learn from it and even carry it around. I I don't have my phone with me. I have the whole Bible on my phone in two different translations. And I can read one and I can listen to one. And, And it's important for us to get connected to God's Word. All right, here's the third thing. As you mature in your understanding of the ways of the Spirit, and as you worship the Lord daily, you can learn to be thankful for His love and care even when life hurts. Now, life hurts in different ways. know, if you're an 18-year-old guy, life could really hurt if your girlfriend breaks up with you. If you're a 16-year-old guy... Life could really hurt if your dad makes you hand back your driver's license and the keys to the car. If you're in kindergarten, it can really hurt because you didn't get a cookie. And life hurts. I've had to watch a lot of people eat cookies that I couldn't enjoy for a long time because I've been diabetic a lot of years. But you know, life hurts in different ways at different stages. But listen, life hurts. That's just a fact of life. And I'm not talking about thorns and thistles and achy bones, although we have plenty of those. But life is painful. What we're going through right now with the pandemic and the wearing the masks, and I really struggle with it. I don't like wearing a mask. Now, I've had to wear one for years when I'm out doing a lot of my exercising because car fumes bother me. That's why I had to sell my motorcycle. And, and, uh, but, but listen, it's not pleasant. But it's what we need to do right now. And it, then as things change, as, as things get better, hopefully at some point, I've, I was laughing at Tim Martinez. He had his big mask on and his sunglasses on and his hat on, you know, and he's walking into work at the school. And I said, dude, if you'd walked into the school looking like that a few months ago, they'd have arrested you, you know? And now it's required. So we, there's, there's good days and there's bad days, but the better days start with God's Word, and we can learn to give thanks to God even when life hurts. Let's look at this in Ephesians 5. What's the third word that's highlighted there in the Ephesians 5 side? Giving thanks always for all things. To God in the name of the Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. To God the Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. On the Colossian side, be thankful and be thankful. And then he says, and whatever you do in word or deed, Do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father through Him. And these aren't the only passages. There's lots of passages of Scripture that talk about giving thanks to God. And why is this important? God enjoys hearing it. You know, if you do something nice for your kids or your grandkids or for somebody else, you you enjoy hearing them say, thank you. In fact, one of the things parents have to teach kids is how to say thank you. And sometimes, you know, we had a kid, somebody gave him a balloon, and the kid refused to say thank you, and so we made him give the balloon back. And the people said, oh, no, they can keep the balloon. We said, oh, no, they can't. You know, that's not your call, that's our call, and they gave it up and then the kid was mad cuz they didn't get the balloon no they would have had the balloon if they'd done what was right you have to teach kids to say thank you it's not normal remember it's one of the the only things kids know to do automatically is cry when they're hungry or need their diaper changed everything else they have to learn and so we have to learn to be thankful 1st Thessalonians 5:17 in everything give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. What you're going through is God's will, and it's God's will that you be thankful to Him in the process of what you're going through. How many of you have had unpleasant circumstances this year? Anybody? A few have, like every hand in the place. Unpleasant circumstances. We can give thanks to God in the middle of it. In fact, uh, the very next verse in 1 Thessalonians 5.19 says, Don't quench the Spirit of God. Do not quench the Spirit. So a lack of gratitude for God's daily blessings can actually quench what the Holy Spirit is wanting to do in your life. Learn to be thankful. And number four, submitting to the Lord keeps you humble and reminds you of your dependence not only on Him, but also on his people. Like this morning, Clay sent me a text. Jim wasn't going to be able to be here to lead the singing. And so I called Ben and Ben says, sure, I'll step up. And we got it covered. And that was a blessing because if he couldn't do it, then Tim Pennick was going to have to. No, it, it, we need people. We need to connect with people. Look in verse uh, Ephesians chapter five and verse twenty-one. Before it gets to the husbands and wives and the dads and kids and all of that, submitting to one another in the fear of God. And look, Colossians chapter three and verse fifteen. You were called in one body. God calls us a body of believers, the body of Christ. How many of you have ever stubbed your toe really bad or broken a toe? You notice that all the time, don't you? But like you are rarely aware of the third toe, the middle toe on, say, your right foot. You're just not really aware of that. You know it's there, of course, but you don't think about it. I don't think you lay at night and think, oh, how's my third toe feeling, you know? Yeah, but as soon as you mash that toe on something, you're turning a corner. you plow it into the corner, and you hit right in the middle, and you smash that toe, and it gets swollen, and what colors does it turn? Purple? Blue, black, purple, and black. Okay, you smash it, and it turns purple and black, and all. And then, man, suddenly you are very aware of that toe, right? You know, Kathy had a broken toe once, well, more than once, but on one occasion when she had a broken toe, she had a slipper on her foot and a dress shoe on the other foot, came to church wearing a slipper on one foot, and somebody came up to her, and they're like, you don't really have a broken toe, and went, That person almost went to heaven right then. Oh, the pain. Kathy limped for the rest of the day. And, and he thought it was funny. His wife didn't, and my wife sure didn't, and I sure didn't. Oh, painful. You notice it, but normally you don't. And see, we're part of a body. And sometimes part of that body hurts. And you know what we need to do? We need to think about them. We need to look for them. You you need to be aware of them. Like you can look back there and the chairs reserved for the uh, are they're empty. Oh no, what's going on with them? Good thing, right? She's heading to the hospital having a baby. So we're excited about that, praying for them. But you're aware of it. You think about one another. And in fact, what some people do is they take advantage of that body. You have an obligation to me, to serve me, to do what I need, and they're not trying to give out and do what they need to do. We all have a responsibility and accountability to each other. You cannot do your own thing and honor Christ at the same time. You just can't. So uh, God uses you to encourage, strengthen, support, bless, and enrich others. And, And I could go around the room and I could pick at random one of at least 20 people And I could say, all right, you stand up and say how somebody in this church has blessed, enriched, comforted, encouraged, helped you. And man, you—they would think, "Uh, just one, right? Because there's so many people that have helped and blessed and encouraged, and and so you have that opportunity to do that with other people. And God uses you to strengthen and encourage. God uses you. To support and bless. God uses you to enrich others, and God uses others to enrich you. Don't just receive, give out. You be the one who's helping and sharing. And you know, at different parts of your life, you're dependent on others a lot more. For a while, when I couldn't walk, you know, a year and a half ago, I couldn't walk. And I depended on Kathy and Megan for everything. At first, I tried to be in the kitchen, you know, with my crutches on, helping things. After a broken glass and two broken dishes, they banned me from the kitchen. Said, whenever you need something, just say something and we'll get it for you. And, you know, I wouldn't have functioned very well without help. But then as soon as I could get up and get well, Kathy doesn't want me sitting in my recliner chair while she's in another room and have me say, hey, babe. I need some lemonade. You know what she'd say? You know where the cupboard is because it's my responsibility to step up and do and serve. And you have that obligation. So during times when you're especially dependent on others, you better be thanking God for them. You better be sending them a note, letting them know you appreciate it and, and also doing what you can to try and help. So, The real hope for your future. I have a little image here. The real hope for your future. It's just a simple little triangular image. I want you to think of that image and put it into your head. You need to be connected with Christ through His Word and then be connected with others as you love and serve the Lord Jesus Christ Together with them. Be connected with Him through His Word. That's the tool the Holy Spirit uses in your life to keep you connected to God and to Jesus Christ. And then be connected with others as you minister. You are reaching up and you are reaching out. And as you're reaching up, you're maturing in the Spirit through the Word. And as you're reaching out, you're ministering in the Spirit with the Word. That's the real hope for the future. Now, someday, the hope is heaven, right? But between now and heaven, lots of things can happen. Man, I remember in the 70s, all the preachers talking about the rapture. You know, we knew we were going up any time now. And and there were people who, uh, a guy in our church, he quit his job and just did nothing but Bible study because he wanted to be as close to God as he could when the time came. And that was in 79, 79. And there was a guy going around saying the Lord was going to return in April of 80, right? And we were supposed to get married in June. And Kathy and I were like, Lord, you know, could you wait a little bit? <laughs> and... uh but, but the Lord hasn't come back yet. And people have been saying he could come at any time for 2,000 years. It's still true. I never, never dreamed when I was a kid that I would live to be in my 60s. Never saw that coming. But God is still God. He's still at work. And while you're here on planet Earth, He wants you to be growing in your relationship with Him through His Word and connecting with other people as you minister in His name. And if you're not doing both of those things, your life's not going in the right direction. So how are you making other people's lives better? How are people blessed because you're on planet Earth? That's what you need to focus on. That's what I need to focus on. Reaching up, maturing in the Spirit through the Word, and reaching out, ministering in the Spirit with the Word. We need to do both. You know what would make America great? It's not a president. It's not senators. It's not replacing everybody in Washington, D.C. The thing that will make America great is when believers get really connected with God and live in His name, with His power, and make a difference in the lives of other people. It's harder right now, these are difficult circumstances do what you can. Pray about it. Seek God. Do what you can because God has anointed us as his chosen vessel to impact the world for him.